0: Pray with me. Father, we need you. We don't need religion, more rules, more guilt. We don't need man made philosophies, good ideas. We need you. Lord, we want to feel your presence, Holy Spirit. It's easy to feel alone, to feel hopeless, to feel despair, anger. You are the spirit of goodness and life and joy. Are you really here? Show us today. Give us your presence. Teach us to be present to your presence. We want to feel and know and hear your voice today in a real way. Show up. Be with us and help us. To learn to be with you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey guys, the Construction Monk here we are in the middle of a long-term series calling all mystics notes from the road and we're in a section entitled Communion Well, we're talking about what it looks like to be in community with people who are seeking and reaching towards communion with God and that's the point. Our focus individually, corporately, is Godward, right? But we're seeking towards God together, okay? We're we're seeking communion with God and communion with God's creation and communion with each other. This is the goal, communion. I think this is the central grounding hinge pin of life and the purpose for which God created us, communion. What does it mean to not only believe that we can have communion with God, But to believe that we are communing with God in every moment, in every interaction, in every circumstance. I think that's actually a really radical belief. And I think it's even more radical to live it out. That's what we're talking about today. This is note 35. Note 35 of the podcast series section, Communion. Is presence. I said something last time in Note 34 that I think might have sounded odd and could have been taken the wrong way. I said, The world is God. <laughs> And I talked about panentheism, right? Uh, In some Christian circles, that's a heretical idea. And I think because they confuse it with pantheism. But it's not the same thing. And panentheism does have some history in Christian tradition. It's more mystical. And a lot of Christians, especially Protestants, really are not familiar with Christian mysticism and its history and its tradition. Pantheism is God is everything. Panentheism is God is in everything. That doesn't mean I worship the trees or the grass or the birds or the sky. But it means that I understand that my interaction with all things is interacting with God. This is why Jesus can say, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. This is why God can chastise The nation of Israel through the prophets about how they're treating the poor, the oppressed, even the earth itself. This is why God is very adamant about how we treat ourselves, others, and the body of the earth. There's all these bodies. God has a body in a way. The earth is God's body in a way. Right? What is a body? It's not... Our truest self, it houses us in a way, right? Just just as our physical body houses our true self, our spirit, so the physical earth houses God's true self, spirit. Passages like Romans one twenty say, you know, that the invisible qualities of God are evident through what has been revealed through the created world. We can see God through the created world, because God is revealed through these things, God's invisible, eternal qualities. I think it's a stretch, and it stretches us to understand, to really come to believe that in all things we are interacting with God. But I believe this is what Scripture teaches. And I believe that as we practice this truth... It changes us. It's not an impersonal reality we are interacting with. God's presence is everywhere in all things, in all circumstances, in all material created reality. God's presence is there. David had this idea. We're going to look at two psalms hopefully we'll get to them Psalm 23 Psalm 139 what does it mean to say the world is God it means that as I interact with the world I'm interacting with God communion with reality is communion with God, because God is in all things. God is the life in all things. In God we move and breathe and have our being, and in God all things hold together. The very life of God is the life in all things. In another way, this is is just another way to think about it. Everything I believe is not God. I must be my own God over. That's interesting. In other words, if I don't believe God is present in a situation, circumstance, or God is present in a physical, created aspect of reality, then I can do what I want to that. It doesn't matter. Or then I'm the God here in this circumstance, in this situation, over this thing or this person. You know, it it can be very practical as much as we make it, right? When I catch spiders in my house or a wasp or a fly, I can't just do whatever I want. To those things the life of God is in those things and God created those things and so how I interact even with insects reflects my relationship with God and so if I have to kill them okay but if I can catch them and put them outside that's what I do because I do not take any action as if it is separate from my relationship with God everything I do everything, I think, everything, I feel is communion with God. Everything. That's a radical belief. But I'm telling you, if you believe that it will change everything about everything you do, feel, think, how you act, how you drive, how you talk to people, how you treat people, how you treat the world, how you treat plants (laughs) how you treat people if you understand what you do to the least of the least of the least of anything in the created universe is what you do to God, what you do to Jesus it will radically transform you how you act, how you feel what you think It is a journey though, right? It's a journey to get there. It's a journey to start to be mindful in every moment of God. I I there's a really good book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God. And <clears throat> he never wrote a book. He wrote some letters to friends and um part of the book of the letters, part of the book is I think his bishop or an elder he was underwriting about him and his life and so it's interesting but you have this picture of a person who really believed this truth i'm telling you who who tried to lean in and learn how to interact with god and everything he did and how to be present to the presence of god practicing the presence of god and, and Brother Lor- in the life of Brother Lawrence is, to me, what I call being present to the presence. I am trying to orient my life towards the reality that God is with me all the time in everything I do and in everything I say and in everything I feel and in everything I do towards others. I'm actually interacting with God. That's really cool. That's how David viewed God. Let's jump over to scripture. I want to start with Micah chapter 6. This is pretty good. So, the question is do you really believe that? Is that what you're reaching towards? In all our religiosity, in our theology, in our liturgy, and all our Christian community is our focus towards God. Or is our focus or is our focus towards a religion and rules and ideas and a group of people? Sometimes our relationship is more focused on Christians than Christ. We're doing all these Christian things and we're doing all these Christian activities, and we go to the Christian place and we hang out with the Christian people. But what do we know of Christ himself? Are we really following Christ or are we following other Christians and Christian ideas and good ideals? Is this just a philosophy? Or is there an actual ability we have to really encounter the presence of God? And how do we do that? What is that like? These are the questions. Micah chapter 6. So, (laughs) this is just good. I love it. I love it, guys. I love scripture. (laughs) What does God want? There's another way to put all of this. This There's a good question. What does God want? What does God want from you? What does God want you to do? Okay? Good question. You'll find a lot of answers if you ask different people that. Some people say God just wants you to be a good person. And that's it. And if you're a good person when you die you'll go to heaven. And most Christians would say, mm, "Nope." <clears throat> There's been a big push for some reason lately in Christian communities and circles to say, "What's oh, the 10 commandments? The ten, this is what God has said. 10 commandments, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart." Uh, that's not the same commandments, but that's a commandment too. Um, You know, you shall have no other gods before you. No other idols. Love, You know, anyway. Ten Commandments. Is that it? There's a set of rules. This is what God says through Micah. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Are you listening? Here it is. Micah spells it out clearly. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Hmm. To act justly. Just, justice, righteousness, rightness. To do what is right and good in all things, in all t- at all times, and every moment. To treat people right. That's good. <clears throat> okay. To love mercy. To be in love with mercy. What is mercy? Another good word is grace. Mercy and grace are things you don't deserve. It is unearned, unmerited grace, right? It is, well, I'm not always doing what I should do. I'm not always the kind of person I should be. I'm not always acting justly. But you should still treat me with love and kindness and goodness and grace, right? It is the opposite of reciprocity and tit for tat and doing something in kind which is not always kind it is I'm going to love you and treat you by the standard of goodness no matter what you do that's to love mercy as I really love it when people treat me good even when I screw up and I don't deserve it and what's the last thing? To walk humbly with your God. Walk. A way of life, a path. There is a life you are living and you need to live that life in humility with God. You need to walk with God in a way, with a posture, with a heart attitude of humility, which means, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this works. I'm, I'm just a child. I'm not smart. I'm ignorant. I'm incapable. I really, really need you with me all the time as I walk through the world. I need you. That's presence, guys. This is not formality. This is not perfunctory. This is not poetry. This is not metaphor. This is not good-sounding words that don't really mean what they say. Micah is a prophet. He hears from God, he heard from God, he walked with God, he's telling us from thousands of years, over this course, you know, thousands of years ago, we had this message that rings through the ages from Micah. You need to learn how to walk with God. How do you know what is right? It comes from inside you. It's a sense, right? This is what we need to do. What do You, you, you want to know what God wants you to do? Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. That doesn't mean you need to learn all the rules and try to work really hard to be a good person. That's not the same thing. That's not bad. It's good to learn who God is, what God is like. It's good to read scripture. It's good to be in community with other people that are in the same pursuit of God as you are. But there's a difference pursuing a self-righteous, self-centered, self-referential moral standard based on the Bible that makes you feel better than others and that actually feeds your ego and your fleshly, sinful nature than actually knowing God. It's very the guys, it's really humbling. To seek God, to try to know God, to try to walk with God in every moment. It's humbling. It's humble to go, I don't know how to do this. Like, I know how to learn a bunch of good rules. And I know how to try to follow them. And I know how to make myself feel superior because I have better rules than you. And I have better morals than you. And I know more than you. And I've studied harder than you. Because I have, in some ways. I have my master's degree. I've really worked hard to know a lot of things, but that doesn't matter at all because a simple, humble heart towards God can get you so much further than all the knowledge in all the world, even good God knowledge. A humble heart who really seeks to know God will get you so much further than anything else you could ever do in your life. That's why it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. A humble heart who, that really seeks to know God. That's the core. Because everything comes from inside. Because you're a spirit and a soul and a body. You can know God. It's an eternal reality though. Right? When I was nine years old, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. That's when I was saved, right? I'd already had these two experiences at three and five, the two child wounds. You don't matter, you don't belong. At nine, I felt the Spirit convict me of my need for something more than myself. After that, I was baptized, you know, I did the stuff. I did the rituals. That was good. My dad baptized me. My dad sat me down first and talked to me. Do I really know what this is? Do I really know what this means? I told him the story, how the Spirit convicted me, how I saw the two boys fighting, and, and I felt the Spirit just convict me that that wasn't right and that I wasn't right and the world wasn't right. Got baptized. I felt the Holy Spirit for two weeks after that. There, it was an ebb and flow, but I felt the Spirit of God and it felt good. Then when I was 11 years old, I remember sitting in a church and I, I just, I have this vision again from the Spirit. And this is my journey that, 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 that God's taken me on the last eight years to reveal all these things, right? These things, like these memories have come back. I just had this vision of me sitting in church feeling antsy, anxious. And my legs, I remember my legs felt so antsy and my body felt so like my skin was crawling. I just didn't want to be there. I felt anxiety. And the Spirit showed me within this last year or two, I was feeling the Holy Spirit in church. But that's what it felt like for me. And I didn't recognize it was the spirit. I thought I was just anxious. I thought that was the first time my ADHD manifested in my body, because I felt my body just, I didn't feel right in my body. Something didn't feel good. But that was the Holy Spirit. I felt the Holy Spirit at nine, it felt good. I felt the Holy Spirit at 11, didn't feel good, didn't feel right, didn't know what it was. Strange, right? I didn't understand what it was like to feel the presence of God in that moment. And guess what I did in that moment? I translated that in that moment and for the rest of my life as something that it wasn't. I thought I was anxious. Why did the Holy Spirit make me feel anxious in that moment? <laughs> That's a good question. Mm. That's something that doesn't have a simple answer. But... <clears throat> The simple answer was I didn't know what it was like to feel God. I was separated from God. I was getting grounded. I was coming under the veil. I was getting grounded in a in a world that didn't know God, that doesn't know God, that isn't acclimated to the presence of God. It's a world that says be your own god, make your own meaning, translate your experiences however you want. But it's also a human culture, a world culture that tries to translate my experiences in any way except through the lens of God. What I know now is that all my experience, thoughts, emotions in my body, in my mind, in my heart are God, good and bad. Like these last eight years, I've had hundreds and hundreds Of very excruciating, painful, existential experiences. All those experiences came through God. All those experiences were me experiencing the presence of God. Even my experiences of demonic oppression came through the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I'm sealed in the Holy Spirit. When I was nine years old, I received the Holy Spirit, the second grace, remember? new grace the second gift of the holy spirit i was sealed in the spirit meaning everything i experienced after that was completely filtered through the spirit but not every experience i had was good Ooh. why well this holy spirit is the spirit of unity this holy spirit filters my experience of the whole world through god well the whole world isn't good why wouldn't the holy spirit just make all my experiences good because the Holy Spirit wants me to be connected to the whole world, to other people. Like, We weren't created to live in a spiritual prison, isolated. We were created for community and communion, right? Communion with God, who is in communion with the whole world, is communion with the whole world through God. world's messed up. God does not want to cut me off from the world because then I would be cut off from God. <laughs> As I commune with God, God is going to allow me to experience the world, good and bad, filtered through Him. But the reality is that my ex- bad experiences of the world in myself reveal the bad things in me. And so God is going to use the kingdom of darkness to expose the darkness in me to resolve it. And this has been my experience, guys. Over the last eight years, I've had lots of dark experiences some of those experiences were the spirits of from the spirits of other people some from animals i've some from insects some from demonic principalities they felt bad not because of what was bad in those things people principalities but because what was bad in me and so it revealed what was bad in me so the spirit could work on it in me but the reality is as those things externally have exposed the things internally and resolved them I've gotten better and now I experience those same things differently there's not the thing in me that makes them feel bad because everything I feel is through communion with God but it it is based on the self-contained system of me And God with me, spirit to spirit. Like, there's nothing bad in God. When there's nothing bad in me, my communion with God will be good. And my communion with others will be good even when they are not good. 100%, right? Everybody's a mixed plate of brownies. (laughs) Come on, guys. That was funny. (laughs) We're all a pan of brownies that's not 100% brownie mix <laughs> oh come on oh that's good there's a lot of crap in each of us and has to it get worked out man guys we're triggered every day by all the things outside of us but what is it triggering it's triggering things inside of us like God is not going to leave you in your broken state and, and to be honest guys all the things inside you All the wounds, the brokenness, the strongholds, footholds. God can't go into those areas. God would feel painful in those areas. The Spirit of God. Because in a way, our will is set against God in those areas. And so, you know, there's so many ways you could imagine. But it's like, imagine you. And there's all these hard, hard spots in your spirit, in your soul. And like, imagine God just flowing around them all the time to be with you. Imagine there's just there's so many in you, like that God can hardly move. And so it's like God's in you, but God can hardly move in you. And God doesn't want to touch those things because they're painful. But then God, and then like imagine like God would never dare touch them all at once; it would kill you. But then imagine God begins to press into one of those areas a little bit, and ooh, it doesn't feel good. And that's the presence of God in you, flowing in you, moving in an area that's resistant to God, and it doesn't feel good. But then what happens? You become aware of it. Ooh, there's something in me that's painful. I don't know what it is. I I experienced it through this interaction with this person, or I experienced it in this moment where something felt bad, and I was angry, or I was depressed, or whatever. But if I recognize God's presence in that moment, God moving in that moment, and God with me in that moment, then I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? I'm being present to the presence of God in the moment. We love it when it feels good. Ooh, God, ooh, I got the Holy Ghost goosebumps. (laughs) So good. Worship today was so good, wasn't it? I was in the woods today, and it was so good. I saw the sunrise today, and it was so good. I was at the beach, and it was so good. That was God. Amen. And then we feel bad, and that wasn't God. Nope. Wrong when you start to orient yourself towards the reality that God is with you all the time then you begin to go to God all the time and go what's going on God I really believe everything is between you and me let's go to psalm <laughs> psalm 23 this is what David says the lord is my shepherd I shall never be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid because you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. What your rod? The rod is a tool of discipline and the staff is a tool of guidance. David's saying, even when you're disciplining me, that's you. Even when I feel painful, even when things hurt, and he says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, not in the absence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. That means that's the Holy Spirit. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David understood the paradigm. What's the true temple? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even when I die. Even when I'm elsewhere. He does not talking about being in the temple of God all the time. The house of God, the temple of God is us, right? And let's run over real quick to Psalm 139. Because David says the same kind of thing. He says, O Lord, you search me and know me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You comprehend my path. There is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together you have hedged me behind and before you laid your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me it's too high I can't reach it he's like it's so I can't even imagine how much you are with me where can I go from your spirit ooh he said spirit translate or insert the word presence where can I go where you are not where can I flee from your presence presence David, listen guys David's like even if I'm in hell behold you are there oh ascending to the heavens you're there yeah that makes sense ooh but descending into hell and you're still there amen guys thank God that God can be with us in our hell just as in our heaven thank God that God is with us in our bad circumstances as, with our, as in our good thank God that God is God over everything we experience, good and bad. <clears throat> That's what it means to be present to the presence of God in every moment, in every way, in everything. Every circumstance. That's a hard thing to learn, guys. That takes a lot of time to learn. It takes practice. It takes praying with God while you drive your car. And it's not... It's a prayer of the heart. I talked about this trying to... I asked the Brother Garelic. And I didn't like his answer. It <laughs> didn't make sense. didn't fit. The prayer of the heart is this posture, this sense of God all the time. It takes a long time to really develop that sense. It takes practice. It takes talking to God in every moment. It takes remembering. Even now, I have experiences and God's like, you just thought you had that experience and I wasn't in it. You, In the practical posture of your heart and mind, you just went what was going on it uh, scared me and i didn't like that and i felt i felt out of control it felt oppressive and i felt like god wasn't in that that's what i'm really saying when i experience things and i i doubt and i wrestle and i struggle and i'm struggling in that moment alone what i'm really really also saying is somehow something happened to me and god wasn't there somehow god turned and was distracted, and was focused on something else, and then this bad thing happened, and God wasn't aware, and God let something bad happen to me, because somehow God, for a moment, lost his focus, and wasn't looking at me, and something bad came along, and a bad season came along, and where is God? God must not be in this. God could not be in this. God must have dropped the ball for a moment, because this thing I'm in isn't good, and God is only good, and how could God let this happen? God must not truly be sovereign. God truly must not be present in every moment, and every circumstance, because when bad things happen, can't be God. Or, when bad things happen, what if it was God? Ooh, that's a radical belief. And then, how can God work this for my good? God, this isn't good. God, I don't like this. God, I don't think this should have happened. Then I'm in contention with God and then I'm wrestling and then I'm separated from God in a way and I'm stepping apart from God going, maybe I should try to make this happen. Maybe I should take control in this moment. Maybe I should be my own God now. Then I'm not being present to the presence of God. Then I'm not truly believing and acting out of the reality that God is always with me. And no matter what I go through, good or bad, God is with me that's presence it's a practice like brother Lawrence teaches us we have to practice the presence of God in every moment we have to go you know what I just did it again I just thought I was alone because it's ingrained in me I'm caught between the tension of I'm not alone I am alone God is with me God isn't with me that's a struggle takes time we grow and we grow and we grow into the practice of the presence of God We grow into being present to the presence of God, but we can grow out of it too. That's the journey we're on—either into life or out of it. Amen. I'm getting there, guys. I'm figuring it out. (laughs) This series, I'm figuring out the pattern. We're going to start with prayer every time, and then the intro. And then we'll talk. And God is present with us as we talk, as I talk with you. I go back and listen to this, guys, and God speaks to me. Because God's given me things in the moment. And I'm. this is communion. I am talking to you in communion with God. I've learned and I'm learning to be more present to God in everything I do and everything I say. And so I go back and listen and God speaks to me because... There's a communion going on, and I get things out of these podcasts because I hear God speak to me even after the fact because God was speaking through me in the moment. It's like, it's magical. It's mystical. It's like, wow, did I just say that? No, actually I didn't. Wow, God, man, I love how you show up. Even when I'm talking, words coming out of my mouth. I'm reading scripture and I see it for the first time in a new way. And I hear it for the first time in a new way, even through my own mouth. Because <laughs> it's not me. And it's not you. And it's not an impersonal universe. God is so full in all things. There's a fullness. But you won't experience it right away. It's something you'll grow into. Amen. Amen. This has been a Construction Monk podcast. I'm your host, J. Randall Stewart. We are living, breathing in the presence of God all the time. I pray that reality of communion becomes a reality of communion for you. Amen.